0: Welcome to The Joan Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Wittengel. The purpose of Joan is to draw light towards mental health, to bring awareness and real stories to the trauma that most everyone endures at some point in life. From depression to postpartum depression, to anxiety and eating disorders, PTSD, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, addiction, the list goes on and on. Joan is meant to be a place of honesty and connection. Through the darkest days of my struggles, I'd never felt so alone, and I was convinced there was no way out. If you're feeling this way, I hope this podcast helps you to truly understand that you're not alone and that there is so much light at the end of the tunnel. The truth is, there is no right way to heal. But this podcast was created to inspire you to take your own steps towards healing and stepping into your most authentic self. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I am very excited to introduce um, my friend Anushka to you. She has very quickly become one of my best friends and confidants in London. Um, It's such a great episode. I really, really love it. So she will go through um, several different experiences that she's had in life from her parents' divorce at a young age to rejecting um, the her Jewish upbringing, to kind of moving into this rebellious stage in life, developing um, an eating disorder, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro on New Year's Eve and having a spiritual awakening, and then moving into a depression after that, and and then ultimately how she moved into her work, um, which she will explain. But she is such a magical person she truly is this like human embodiment of of the goddess and it's so fitting that her her business is called the goddess space because she is such An embodiment of divine feminine. She has taught me so much about how to be feminine and how to how to embrace my femininity as someone who tends to be quite heavy in my masculine. So um, I think just listening to her, you will be like uh, listening to her speak is just heaven. Um, But I really think that you'll enjoy the episode and learn a lot. And if you feel called, um, there's a whole bunch of information in the show notes about how to get in touch with Anishka, how to work with her. Um, yeah. And I hope you love the episode. It does. It does it like does change, change the energy. Hello. <laughs> we am not afraid of you. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> So I am here with my friend Anishka of um, The Goddess Space. That's the name of her business. She has become a really good friend of mine since um, I've moved to London. I was attending some of her circles, um, which she will tell you more about later. But I'm really, really excited to have her here. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. I like to kind of like if you can tell us your age what you do so kind of talk about the goddess space a little bit we'll talk more about it later but um I kind of like to start with age because I feel like there's a lot of I don't know there's people are just going going through things at so many different stages of their life and Mm. it's kind of never-ending actually but yeah it's all the cycles well I'm
1: Anushka I am 28 years old um and I created a space called the goddess space which is a space to really hold women, to create sacred spaces for them, to reconnect back to themselves, to their true self, um, and support them in exploring that
0: space. Great.
1: Which is something that you created out of kind of everything that we're going to talk about, right? Exactly. It was a total manifestation of my own journey, um, which then culminated in the space... Being born and it's both a physical and online space. Um, yeah, that really was created out of my journey, my journey to really find myself, um, and through that I collected a lot of tools, practices, met a lot of beautiful women, um, all who I weave into, yeah, to the goddess
0: space. So I would like to start out. Um... We've been chatting about like all of this before. I'm like, wait, wait, stop. (laughs) We (laughs) need to press record. Um, So let's kind of, so Anishka has been through kind like a a multitude of experiences, which I think is important because most of us have. Um, And that's the thing with, I hate, again, we're going to talk about labels. I hate calling it mental illness Mm. or mental health or whatever it is. Mm. But um, just because it does feel like it's, it's put into such a box, um, And and a negative one at that. So, yeah, I think it's important to kind of talk about everything that, you know, we've been through because we go through so many Mm -hmm. things and it changes. It's always changing. So um, start out, kind of tell us about your childhood a little bit. What Mm -hmm. was that like? So I grew
1: Mm -hmm. up in a beautiful, very romantic, very bohemian um, family. And from one to five, you know, all my memories of it are through photo albums, but these photo albums are so nostalgic and
0: enchanted. It's just this kind of bohemian dream world. (laughs) You shared a photo of one of the photo albums and I was like, what is that? I know, it
1: looks like it could have been taken out from, I mean, I don't even know, just like a fairy tale it, it really was it was this kind of very romantic very bohemian fairy tale and I was in my bliss I look back at these pictures of you know my little girl and she was just so happy and expressive and free um, and at about five years old that all stopped because my parents split up my mom went off and my dad went off in his direction and me and my brothers were left separated between the two. So this kind of fantasy world, which is what it really was, was jarred at that moment. Um, And I think something must have shifted in me at that time because that free little girl all of a sudden built a lot of walls up around her. Um, And I can remember that. You can remember that pain. I can. I can remember the pain and I can remember trying to fit in, you know, just trying to, to make myself small in a way, to just slot into these two lives that was once one. You know, when my parents were together, it was just this one beautiful life. And then all of a sudden, there were two and me and my brothers were traveling between them. Um, And I think because of that, yeah, we did have to create barriers up for ourselves, we did have to look after each other. um, And Although, you know, my parents were very loving and they tried their best to do everything to make us feel safe, I feel that I I didn't feel safe really anymore. Um, Religion played a big part of my childhood as well. My family, we grew up very religious Jews um, and we used to go to synagogue every weekend. You know, Judaism was a huge part of my childhood. And it was beautiful, very family orientated, you know, so it created these safe spaces for us to reconvene as a family. Um, I went to Jewish schools my whole life and that was something that made me feel safe throughout my early childhood until I was about 13 which I now know to be such a symbolic and magical number for me to put my foot down and say I don't want religion anymore (laughs) so at 13 I totally rejected religion and spirituality um, Mm. because that was the same thing for me which was Mm -hmm. a huge lesson that I was about to embark on um, because religion equaled spirituality so I disconnected from both and You know, my family were very religious. We wouldn't go out on Saturdays, but I would start sneaking out in the cars with my girlfriends. And I got my belly pierced on, you know, the holy days. And I was just like a total rebel. I was not having any of it. I was eating cheeseburgers in front
0: of my grandfather, you know. It was
1: like, not a vibe.
0: Not a vibe. Or a total vibe. Or a
1: total vibe. Yeah. 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 And I would say that that age of 13, I was really began to act out all that I had suppressed from about five years on upwards. Um, I was starting to channel this anger, probably, you know, this feeling of disconnection that I'd felt was suddenly being able to come out through this rebellious teenager, all that I had kept hidden inside me. There was now an expression for it. And it took me down the path of, Wanting to be included, you know, I was really gave into peer pressure. I was very much a people pleaser. I was taking drugs and drinking and partying a lot and dating the wrong guys and just on that kind of teenage roller coaster to nowhere, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Um, and I would say, yeah, things started getting progressively worse as I started disconnecting more and more and more from who I was. And as I started acting out um, through different ways, whether it was drugs or eating disorders or you know feeling disconnected, it was just all ways that I could express unchanneled energy. Um, and then we were discussing before, at about 22, 23, I suddenly hit this brick wall. Um, and it was the first time, actually, I think I allowed myself to feel. Mm because I think all these mechanisms that I'd been coping with, my defense mechanisms, were ways of me just not feeling. And when I got to 23, I remember just my whole life was so out of alignment. I was so disconnected from everything. And it was the first time that I recognized that. Um, How did you recognize it? What was showing up for you? So, I was in a relationship with this guy, um and I'd been through a string of terrible relationships as a teenager into my early twenties. I was just with these bad boys who would treat me really badly, and then I would get upset and cry, and I would get dramatic and then roll on to the next one. You know it was this like whole spin of of the same guy, the same person, and I was in another one of those relationships and suddenly, for the first time, I felt this little instinct in me it was like my true self was just starting to wake up and she was just opening her eyes and she was like this isn't right and I was like huh and I couldn't really hear her the first time and then she started getting a bit louder she's like this isn't right and I was like what come again and it took me about a year to really feel her because she started roaring actually like she started screaming out to me like Mm -hmm. this is not right and I was like okay wow haven't heard her in a while Um, and I broke up with my boyfriend at the time and he came back to me and said please can we get back together and this idea just came to me out of nowhere i said i want to go climb a mountain
0: and anishka had just told me this story and i thought that she was referring to a metaphorical mountain (laughs) yeah uh,
1: yeah this this is where symbols come
0: from um
1: so i said i'm gonna go climb a mountain in december if you want to get back to me then join me and this guy was no mountain climber. He was like, you know, party animal, king of the nightclubs. He wasn't climbing up mountains in Africa anytime soon. But he agreed to do it with me. So we went on this camping trip. We went on this journey to Africa. And we began to climb. And I remember one of the guides just coming over to me and saying, you want to know how to make it to the top of the mountain? He goes "It's just one step at a time. All you have to focus on just watch your feet one step at a time. So for seven days, I watched my feet every step of the way, and we were climbing for 10-11 hours a day, hitting different peaks, camping overnight, under the stars and different altitudes. It was a journey, it was so wild. I cannot believe you did that. I'm so
0: jealous. I would love to climb oh, I could
1: not recommend climbing a mountain more for both the physicality of it and the actual spiritual experience that shifts the energy that shifts as you do—and um, it was actually New Year's Eve. Wow! When we when we arrived at like base camp, and we slept at we slept at base camp, and they said they were going to wake us up at two in the morning, so that we could climb to the peak at during the night and arrive there in in the morning at like seven eight a.m. on New Year's Day. So at 2 a.m. they wake us up from our tents and we start climbing in pitch black. It's black night sky, stars are out. We're climbing, we're climbing. And I just remember looking behind me. And my boyfriend at the time was always two steps behind. And it was like this feeling (laughs) that he's always going to be two steps behind me. And I carried on walking, we carried on walking, and suddenly this beautiful thing happened where it must have been about 5, 6 a.m., and half the sky was the black night sky. And the other half was this like bright orange. And the sun was coming up, but the moon was still there. And it was night and day at the same time. It was like that moment of the in-between, in-between night and day. And I kept walking. I just kept focusing one step at a time, one step at a time. And all of a sudden, dawn had broken and the sun was out. And I was on top of Africa on New Year's Day. Just wow. looking over the whole of Africa. And he arrived at the top of the mountain and literally, like, fell on the floor. Like, he was done. He collapsed. And I was, like, in awe. I was, like, oh, my God. And at that moment, I knew that it wasn't right, that we were traveling down two very different paths. So we came back to London. I broke up with him the next day. I quit my job the next day, and I left my apartment all in the space of a week. So if you're ready to make a big change, climbing a mountain is sure <laughs> to do that for you.
0: And is that when you moved? That's not when you moved to New York or was no, it? No, that was
1: when I fell into what apparently
0: is known as a depression. Okay. I found
1: it just okay. a time when I locked myself in my room for six months. I mean, you can call it what you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> labels, we don't need labels. You
1: know, I don't like to label anything. Um, so yeah, so after I created that shift created that change and really listened to my heart, um, I fell into yeah, what some would call the depression. And I didn't understand why I was hurting so much. I didn't understand why everything was so dark, because in my perspective, I'd made those choices. I was the one who chose to break up with him and quit my job and change my whole life. So why was I feeling so sad? I couldn't understand where this sadness came from. But I guess the depression or whatever we want to call it it took such a hold on me that I had to feel it. I had to surrender at that moment and I had to allow
0: all that was coming up for me to be there. So what was that like? How did that manifest for you? What was that period of time like? What were your thoughts like? What what I Do you remember? There was you, a it, lot of crying and I hadn't cried
1: in years so in a way i was so happy to be crying mm, because yeah. i re- i remembered how long have i cried in truly and there was something about my tears that was very healing for me to feel them you know mm-hmm. um so i cried a lot i felt very lost very afraid at times um i was really seeking for healing but I didn't know how to give it to myself, you know. It was I wasn't on my spiritual journey at that point. So I didn't have any tools. I didn't have any I didn't know anyone that had even gone through this. I mm-hmm. kept myself very much to myself. And I was very timid as well. There was a beautiful humility that rose from me at that moment. It was really vulnerable and it was like this sweet little girl came back, you know.
0: Did you in those moments feel like you say that you no one you didn't know anyone who'd been through something like mm. you were going through? Mm. Did you did you know that you were just going through something for yourself or did you did it feel scary or did it feel like something might be wrong or or did it just feel like this is just where I am at? I was
1: I was afraid. At times, definitely afraid at times I remember I I went to see a friend of mine who had studied homeopathy and I went to sit with her and she was like, again, I wasn't in the spiritual world whatsoever, so I didn't have, I didn't even have my Instagram, you know, I didn't have anything that could connect me to people or, you know, what I know now. I didn't, I was so distant from that. But I had one friend who had studied homeopathy and she was like an old family friend and I went to see her and I remember just feeling like I could trust her so much and I just said to her, I have all these voices in my head. And I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and I remember she... And I thought I was really safe. And I probably was. But at the time, I remember just checking myself. And I was like, oh my God, she thinks I'm absolutely crazy. But that was one of the huge symptoms for me. Is I just couldn't stop thinking. Mm. I was just overthinking. And it was killing me. The compulsive mm. thoughts in my head. The... Oh, and the believing of those the thoughts, the believing right. of them, you know, the it's like my mind took
0: over fully, and it and it was taking me into very dark space. Well, it's interesting because you were in this space where suddenly your heart, your heart was opening up, but then that's kind of I mm-hmm. mean, in what I believe, that's yes. the ego trying to like sort it's of shut it back exactly. down It wants to stay comfortable, sabotage it,
1: yeah. So it was like on the one hand, this very vulnerable, you know. Sweet opening was happening, these tears, this softness, this surrendering. And on the other hand, exactly what you said this ego, this fear, this total takeover was happening on the other side. So it was really, yeah, a, a juggle between the two mm-hmm. and knowing how to, to stay there. Mm-hmm how to work with that really but it was
0: totally unfamiliar yeah so how did you start to pull yourself out of that depression as we're labeling it
1: yeah so like I said I was kind of surrendering into it I gave myself time it was I gave myself a lot of time um through that time I started feeling like I needed healing um Books were huge for me at that moment. Like books that are coming into my life that were just like those aha books, you Mm -hmm. know, that you
0: just like. Do you have three? This is going to be this is usually a question at the end. But do you have like or one even any books? Well, at this moment, I'll say the
1: book at 23 that that really helped me which was a book called The Artist's Way.
0: Mm, I know that one. I haven't read it, but I have it.
1: And it was. I think why it helped me so much was because it reconnected me back to myself in very creative ways. So one of the practices that it calls for you to do is to take yourself out on a date. And I just remember, you know, I think 23 was the the time. It It was a really difficult time, but it was a time where I really felt... Back in love with myself. I had to go through a year of solitude. It's also important to note that when I broke up with that guy, I made a vow to myself that I would not date, sleep, see, be with another guy for at least a year. It was like I that came to me. That was like this is what I need, and I honored it. So instead of worrying about falling in love with someone, I was focusing on falling back in love with myself. And even before falling in back in love with myself, getting to know who I was. Um, And when I set that intention, all these things that are coming into my life to support me on that journey. So this book, The Artist's Way, came back, which was about taking myself on a date. Um, I decided to start doing things that made my soul happy. And there was a beautiful quote, and it was that. It was like, do things that make your soul happy. Um, So I decided I wanted to be an actress. So I pulled myself together, and I joined an acting school in East London. And my acting teacher looked at me the first day I walked in, and I went to grab a script. And he looked at me, and he goes, before you take that script, before you even dare to embody another character, you need to know exactly who you are first. (laughs) And it was a method acting school. And basically, before we began each class, we used to have to sit and meditate for 45 minutes. I hadn't even meditated for. I didn't even know what meditation was. And I was suddenly sitting with myself for 45 minutes a day. And this was really the beginning of evolving my practices. Um, I didn't seek for anything. Everything came to me. So I started acting. I started reconnecting back to myself. I started reading these books. Um, I then... I was working in a flower shop, so plants were really in my life. Flowers, nature returned to me. Um, I have a fairy godmother who lives in Virginia, in in Washington, near Washington, D.C. <laughs> she lives in a forest. <laughs> she really does. And I went to see her. Wait, what do you mean a fairy godmother? Who is she? She's my godmother. Okay, But okay. I call She's her my fairy friend, godmother. godmother because okay. I, I went to go visit her and stay with her in the woods that summer. I felt a needing to go. And she basically started... I didn't even know this, but she was doing a lot of healing work, and she started working with me, Um, and she just created so much space for me to talk about my dreams, to talk about my visions, to talk about who I am and what I want, and she just created this space for me to really express my truth, and then supported me in in setting my own intentions to make those things happen um and wise women just kept walking into my life that year I suddenly started learning about astrology I met this beautiful astrologer who took me in and swept me up and suddenly I was in her home in Hampstead Heath which is this very kind of natural space in London um and she's a witch, you know. She's, she calls herself a pagan. Zoe. Zoe. She's she, full witch. She's witchy. And I used to go into her apartment and sit and listen to her as she told me about numerology and tarot and herbs and plants and oh, everything astrology. I was learning about moon cycles. And all of a sudden, I went from this girl standing on the top of a mountain having no idea who I was to suddenly journeying down this path of of what I call magic. And the magic happened because I followed my heart. I allowed myself. I surrendered. I fell back and trusted that I needed to really fall apart in order that I could be put back together. Um, Yeah yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's what happens <laughs> that's what happens so I mean that seems to be the case. I think with a lot of people it often comes it's like you hit a wall and you either kind of put blinders on and move through, and the pain gets buried or and it comes up another time mm-hmm. that's the that's I think the challenging thing is that it never goes away. It's mm-hmm. always yeah. going to come back. yes, it will, yeah at what point was it was the we're being careful with labels again um anishka at one point suffered from an eating disorder mm-hmm. was this before or after this was much before well, the my, eating disorder this was in my teen my late
1: teens early, very early 20s okay tell yeah. us a little bit about that yeah so this was the period again where i was just very disconnected from Everything I'd lost spirituality,
0: I'd lost my sense of this self. This is kind of when you were in like this, like rebellious really sort of party, toxic, yeah.
1: Just using, it, trying, trying to find anything I could to distract me from feeling, mm-hmm. which is why when I then started to feel, it was such a, you know, huge thing because I hadn't allowed myself to feel. So, the eating disorder really came from partially a need for control. Secondly, a way I could feel in a way. You know, for me, looks and how I looked and how people saw me was very much a sense of value and self-worth. You know, if someone were to call me beautiful, I would feel a sense of Mm -hmm. self-worth. Comparing that to all the magazines you see and all these beautiful women with these gorgeous bodies that we're told is perfect and we're told is beautiful. And I'd look in the mirror and not see that, you know, I could control what I ate. I could control how I was sick. So I'm labeling it bulimia Mm -hmm. for the sake of... We had a giggle before again because, you know, (laughs) I think maybe we can label me delusional as well, but... (laughs) I, you know, I couldn't label anything that I had. And I was telling Kelly, you know, like, I couldn't say that I was bulimic because, you know, you hear these stories of these girls who are throwing up every day. And I wasn't throwing up every day, but maybe I was throwing up every other day. So I wasn't bulimic. But I guess, you know, if we were to label it, then, yeah, I was throwing up. I was binge eating and starving myself. You know, I was trying to find different ways to... Control what I ate but also I don't know how to explain it it's it's strange because the binge eating was a way that I could numb that's the word numb my feelings and then throwing up was a way that I could get rid of the memory of numbing my feelings yeah and how long did that last for? well I got taught how to throw up at 15 years old by another girl at school wow yeah she oh came over to Whoa, my house some isn't that crazy she, and this is not I know I'm not the only person who has this story because I'm I've sure. spoken to a few yeah and she taught me how to throw up but it was like a game you know it was like I'll come over and I'll, I'll show you and we sat in my bathroom we locked the bathroom door and she showed me how to do it it was like an initiation it was yeah wow very sad
0: really
1: wow. mm. so at 15 I knew how to do it and I would do it occasionally but it really took over when I was in college when I was yeah college time because that was you know when I didn't have even a home I was Mm -hmm. so free to be toxic and I was so free to be on my own and And you're in Miami right I was in Miami um and yeah I was like I was carving my own path but with a set of tools and practices that I'd learned as a teenager to channel my fear and anger and Mm -hmm. rage and sadness. Mm -hmm. And it was through unhealthy eating habits. It was through stories I would tell myself. It was through fear. It was through drugs. It was through alcohol. These were ways I was channeling
0: you know the sadness, mm-hmm. really. The core Isn't that of it? wild? It just really blows my mind when I think about how out of touch, how like fearful we're taught to be of our feelings, and and
1: how easy to find the practices are to numb our feelings. Yeah. And where are the practices that we teach little girls how to express our feelings? You know how to channel them in mm-hmm. healthy ways. Mm-hmm. it is so easy for us to find ways to channel them that is so bad and mm-hmm. dangerous for us mm-hmm. you know but where are the books where's the education on yeah. how we can channel our feelings in a healthy
0: supportive way yeah. well everything was kind of i feel sort of swept under the rug our parents generation i feel really didn't was they weren't taught how to deal with their feelings mm-hmm. um i feel that way about my parents anyway mm-hmm. and about most adults that I know Mm -hmm. and I do feel that our generation is kind of bridging this gap between like I'm excited to have children because Mm -hmm. I'm like oh my god they're gonna be like little light amazing beings of course we're gonna project our (laughs) shit onto them. but we may have a little less shit that's what I'm (laughs) hoping in all this work anyway (laughs) and um but yeah, like we're going to be able to teach. I mean, I have mm-hmm. so much hope for like mm-hmm. people who are coming, the, the yeah, souls who are coming into through. this world. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. Um,
1: it does feel like we are the generation of the change makers. Mm-hmm. You know, we are this bridge, mm-hmm. and because we're the bridge, we're having to do a lot of deep, deep work. Yeah. You know, and as oh a collective, you see it. You see the state of our planet. What is that calling for? It's calling for people to step up and do the deep work, so that in generations to come that space is clean and it's as within, so without. You know, that while the work we see we need to do with the planet is exactly the same as the work we need to do inside of ourselves. Yeah. It's a mirror. Yeah. You
0: know? yeah. So we
1: totally. need to clean up both, both planes here.
0: Absolutely. The inner plane and the outer plane. Yeah. How did you come out of your eating disorder? So I would say that
1: it, it infused with the beginning of my spiritual journey. Um, when I began to start connecting to myself, I was still, I still had very bad problems with my, my body image and my weight and eating. Um, and then the more I started working on myself, the more I was listening to myself, the more this voice started coming up of actually nothing to do with my body image, but more about what I was eating. Right, what felt good in my body because I I started becoming very sensitive um, at the beginning of my spiritual journey because I was open opening up so much, so I became very susceptible to things and food became one of them. So I started realizing, oh, I can't really have dairy that much, or I can't really have meat. It's making me feel gross. I was so I became such a heightened awareness that I started, um, yeah, really listening to my body about what I was eating and what I wasn't. And then I became vegan, basically, because my body had told me that. My body was saying, cut it all out and see what happens. So I became vegan, and because it was a calling from my heart, um, I started looking at food in a different way. Whereas before, I was looking at food as a way to numb my feelings now I was looking at food as a way to nourish myself and it was a shift in perspective that happened quite quickly actually it was quite a quick transition um and I started loving myself and that's the only way that I can truly honestly say is how I healed my eating disorder
0: wow That's really powerful.
1: That's the only mirror that I can... It's the only relation that I can give to it. How did it disappear? I loved myself. I began to love myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just became
0: so in tune with your body and what was actually right for your body. But I I think that comes with loving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you
1: give yourself the time and space to listen. Mm -hmm. Rather than distracting or hiding or covering up, you allow yourself to open. And when you open, suddenly these voices come up and they're mm. not the crazy voices in your head they're mm-hmm. the beautiful soft voices that are like actually that doesn't feel great
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know or why not try this and
0: yeah i started
1: loving myself yeah
0: um, I'd actually love to talk a little bit about both your relationship now and your work now. So let's start with your relationship because, okay. so when, how, because you're in, you're in a very beautiful relationship, engaged mm, mm. to someone who's incredibly supportive and yeah. lovely. Really um, Michael, yeah, Michael, Angel, Angel. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about that. Mm.
1: So, like I said, when I broke up with that guy that was wrong for me, I, I told myself for a year, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to meet anyone. And I honored that. I don't even think I intentionally honored that. But because I'd sent that intention to the universe, the universe made that so. So even when, you know, I was like, I want to meet someone. It was like, no, sweetie, you said a year. Mm-hmm. So for a year, nothing. I really, yeah, reconnected back to myself. Um, and then... After that year was up, I was feeling like I needed new energy and I went to New York for the weekend to visit some friends and I just felt, I want to be in New York City. This is where I want to live, like this place is so full of energy, I feel great here, this is awesome, I'm going to move to New York City. So I worked really hard to get a job and I found someone that was looking to sponsor me. So it was all go. It was like that New York City buzz. I couldn't even blink for a second. It's so good. I landed back in London. I was like packing up my stuff, ready to go, ready to hit the apple. And I went out one night in London and I went to this really weird place that I don't connect to at all. And I remember all the people in there being people that I really didn't connect to either either. And I was just rolling my eyes being like, why am I still going to these places that I know give me bad vibes, that I know the people around me don't relate to me. It was like my old self going back to an old place and my new self being like, hey, it's just date working," you know? Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I was just like annoyed at myself. I wanted to go home and these two guys came over and they were just really lovely, like sweet, kind guys. Um... We started talking, had a great evening with them. No expectation, no nothing. And I go home, I go to sleep. The next morning I wake up with a message from my best friend. And she's like, Michael said he met you last night. Would you ever date him? Like, he wants to take you out on a date. And I was like, no, Steph, like, I'm moving to New York next week. It's like, I have no interest in anything, you know. (laughs) She's like, okay, well, if you change your mind, you know, he's an amazing guy. And I know he really wants to meet you whatever, I brush it off. We end up going out the next week and he ended up coming. And I think it was a, a combination of my heart being so open and me having no expectation. I, my heart was open because I was fully in my truth. I had no expectation because I was moving to New York and I wasn't looking for anything. That openness allowed me to let this guy in in such a deep and profound way that we spent that whole evening until five in the morning talking and resonating. And it was like our energies fused. And they didn't separate when we left each other that night. Um, And for about a week, 10 days, we spent a lot of time together. And I did end up moving to New York, um, but came back after three months and We've been together ever since. Um, That was how long ago? That was three and a half years ago. He, as a profession, plays football. He's a football player, or soccer player in America, (laughs) um, which was not on my checklist. I was not looking to date a professional football player. Um, He wasn't Jewish, which again, you know, to my old self, to my checklist, wasn't on my checklist. And he's also two years younger than me, which not on my checklist um so for me you know he was just not a possibility in my mind but because i was in my heart that broke through any checklist any wave of doubt Mm -hmm. because when your hearts connect there's nothing that can get in the way of that Um, and he supports me he's not spiritual hippie yogi teacher that i love this i love this
0: about your your um relationship because Mm. i think it's really easy to i say this because this is how i feel to go down a spiritual path and then really feel like you need someone who's like fully on the same page as you but you really don't you just need someone who absolutely fully supports Mm. you and your journey they do not have to be one in the same absolutely for me
1: My work is my being. I am what I do. Um, But I feel so strongly in whoever is a part of your life. You know, just like if you are a doctor, it doesn't mean that you need to be with another doctor.
0: You know? Yeah, Yeah, that's great. You know? Great way to put
1: it. So our relationship, it is based on values and love and an essence that is actually not about what we do and how we express ourselves to the world it's more of an inward connection and then because of that inward connection we allow ourselves and we support each other in expressing ourselves in whichever way we want to without judgment so he Holds space for me. He supports me. He sits on my doorstep every night. I have a goddess gathering and waits for me and the girls to be finished. You know, he is mm-hmm. so supportive. And I go to football matches and I take crystals and put them in my bra and constantly <laughs> send him good vibes as he's, you know, battling his way through a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we support each other and we most importantly see the spirit within each other and within what each other's what each other do, does too, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's what that's what I seek. Yeah. That's what fills
0: me up and makes me feel whole. It's so beautiful. You guys, mm-hmm. you can really feel it when you're around the two of you. Like it's mm-hmm. such nice energy. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us about um, your business? So, I want to talk about Anishka's business because. It is very much about getting in touch with yourself and for anyone listening who again i say this all the time it's a different journey for everyone Mm. and you're going to feel different callings to different people and drawn to different things Mm. but i want you to talk about what you do so that if anyone does feel that they resonate with you um they can contact you absolutely so
1: um i started the goddess space because i kind of was saying before i was meeting So many amazing women were really coming into my life and they were sharing with me tools and practices, really. Everything I was seeking of how to channel and deal with my emotions, with, you know, my problems, with my issues. And suddenly I was receiving wisdom, wise woman's wisdom on how to take my pain and alchemize it. And I had never learned that before. And I couldn't really believe what I was learning. I was so in awe of it that I basically decided to open up my home and create women's circles. So I would bring in these wise women who I was meeting and I would ask them to share practices with a group of women. I didn't know at the time that I was really creating women's circles. I was just asking women to come. It was only later that I realized that this was a thing and that actually our ancestors have been doing this for thousands of years, we've been gathering as women. Thousands of years we've been connecting, supporting one another, empowering one another, healing one another, holding one another. And I never knew about it. And it felt like an ancient art that had been lost that all of a sudden I was reviving in my little living room filled with plants and fairy lights. and that's how I began the goddess gatherings by welcoming in other women to share their practices and the more and more I would do it and the more women that would come and gather the more I started stepping into my role as facilitator and healer and holder Um, and I have now I run about two or three gatherings a week a combination of me holding space and bringing otherwise women in to share tools, share practices Um, my work is based on, I guess, the foundation of creating sacred space both inside yourself and outside of yourself um, to allow you to reconnect to the healer that lives inside of you. So to as many therapists I've been to, yoga teachers I've seen, homeopath I've been, to, you know, to as many as I've seeked outside mm. of myself, the most powerful lesson I learned was all the answers I seek live in me. And actually, the spiritual journey is about finding ways to access that space, not relying on anyone to give you the information that you hold. The only reason you're connected to those people that are giving you information is because you see that in yourself. So my offerings are to really support women to finding that space inside of them, to empowering them by going, allowing them to go on that journey inside, to get to know themselves, to get to know their power, so that they can make choices, they can make decisions, they can heal themselves. Um, and my offerings are women's circles where that power is just heightened because mm. of you know the power of women, women gathering. Oh my god! And then one to one sessions, which I create to hold space for women to go on a journey. Um, So my one-to-one sessions have evolved now into deep journeying practices that I guide women into for them to access the answers in themselves. Um, And I help support and guide them to find all that they're seeking in them. Um, So really the, the objective is for them not to need anything else other than the wise woman's
0: power within and you've just started doing group right are you going to continue with that the courses yeah the course yeah, yeah. so
1: the goddess gatherings are so beautiful and there's such a passion in my work but obviously it's limited to location um so what i've started creating is online spaces and they come in the form of courses where i gather women at the moment i have a course running with 13 women um and we created a sisterhood and we go on a journey for three months together and we gather on group calls and we have little wise women circles online and it's people from all over the world. We have girls from Sweden, from America, from Norway, from wow. Australia. Oh my
0: god. Yeah. That's
1: so and cool. we all gather. That's amazing. And then we have a little WhatsApp
0: group. Wow. So we can
1: connect throughout the month and just feel the support because as much as when I was twenty three, I went deeply on this inward journey, on this inner journey, I then realized how much I needed community. And that was the missing link. Because as much as you do the work inside yourself, to do it outside of yourself mm-hmm. as well is almost like the yin-yang. Mm-hmm. It's so important. You need both and you put the two together and it's suddenly like, it's just multi-dimensional orgasms. <laughs> it really is. It's
0: just... It's just, yeah. It's this huge energy connect. Yeah. Yeah. In the smallest ways, we've talked about this recently, how I went through a breakup um, like 10 months ago now. And um, throughout my life, I've always put my partners first. Like Mm -hmm. always, always, always. I've I've always had girlfriends, but I've never really invested in them. And since Mm -hmm. I've been through this breakup, I've been so kind of centered and inward- And I did a lot of work for about six months, like really kind of same thing, like stayed inside and was like digging into my subconscious Mm -hmm. and doing all of that. But since I've come out of it sometime in like the spring and met you and Mm -hmm. have met, you know, I kind of opened up and then all of a sudden these friends started coming in and, um, I'm able to put what I've learned into practice, which is also really important. You know, it's like, there's a part of me that mm. always wants to just stay in and learn and like mm. just like take in as much information yes. as possible, but you have to be able to go out into the world and put it into practice. Absolutely. Um, but having community, I mean, I keep saying, I'm. I said to you the other night, like I feel more consciously happy than I have in my entire mm. life, which is saying a lot because I still feel like I have a long mm. way to go. But, but community is the most amazing thing. So it's so. Mm so great to, and a lot of people i think have a hard time finding that i know a lot of people are struggling and they especially as we get older we move to new cities it's hard mm-hmm. to like meet people who you really resonate with mm-hmm. because we're not chilled you know little kids just like we, we just we just have built so many walls around ourselves mm-hmm. um and so to have something like your online courses mm-hmm. or your se- you do sessions one-to-one online as well right yeah i, I on mean just course. something to like even if it's if it's online you know mm-hmm. just to like reconnect to feel, with
1: something yeah and to feel that you're not alone that was huge for me yeah you know? yeah because when we feel like we're the only people in the world who are feeling this mm-hmm. that's actually when we shut off yeah When we close our hearts even more, when we realize that actually she might be feeling that way, she might be feeling way, he might be feeling that, our hearts open and that's where compassion grows Mm -hmm. and builds. When we're so inwards and we think we're the only people in the world who feel like that, that's where resentment can grow. Mm -hmm. That's where, you know, you go into victim mode, victimhood but it's not it's just we don't talk about yeah, it right we don't talk about our fears we don't talk about our right. shame we don't talk about our guilt right. because we think that that makes us you know unworthy unvalued but it's the total opposite yeah. because we've all had those moments where someone has just opened up to you mm-hmm. and you resonate and she resonates and and all of a sudden this deep connection is created mm-hmm. in a moment mm-hmm. In a moment that blasts all the oh yeah I'm fine thanks you yeah I'm fine thanks
0: so great <laughs> oh, couldn't be better you know when I first hung out with a nish guy pretty much had a, pant- a mini manicure <laughs> <laughs> I was called via Instagram to go to a, a goddess circle um, for tarot tarot kind of was mm-hmm. popping up in my life and then all of a sudden it was like we have spaces still have spaces available tonight for the tarot circle so I went and we met and then I reached out to her. Um, how did you reach out though this is a tip
1: on how actually <laughs> you can make friends well I sent you an email you sent me an email yeah. but then when you wanted to you know hang out after <laughs> you asked me to be your friend oh you know <laughs> and no it's, it's like it's everything in us you know wants to be I don't know socially accepted, socially acceptable, <laughs> and Kelly was like this, and I really think we should be friends. And I was like, I've been looking for friends too. How does she know that? Mm-hmm. You know, and I came and like that's how our friendship was built because she, you know, resonated and then put that on the table,
0: mm-hmm. which is brave. And know? then you came over. And then I came over and then we started sharing and then I was, I got nervous and I, there was a multitude of things happening actually, I think, including hunger, (laughs) 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 big downfall, but, um, but yeah. And I kind of started to get like that overwhelming feeling Mm -hmm. and you were just so wonderful and holding that space for me in the moment. And Mm -hmm. then it passed. Mm -hmm. It was so nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So were you going to say something?
1: I was going to say just something about, you know, when we're on our journeys, things fall away and things fall apart and we're called to let go of things. And I had to let go of my old life, a lot of parts of my old life that were really hard to let go of. And a lot of that were people.
0: You know, Mm -hmm. I had to let go
1: of a lot of people that just weren't serving me Mm -hmm. and so much fear comes around Mm -hmm. that because this feeling that you're going to be alone pops in or you're never you know you're going to be isolated but actually what all this inward time does what this letting go does is allow is create space for the right people to come in for the right things to come in and i was actually speaking about it today on my instagram but there's this magical moment in between an inhalation and an exhalation and it's this moment of in-between, right? You're not quite there, but you're not where you were.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: When you're in your heart with that, it feels like peace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When you're in fear with that, it feels like fear.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, when you're in your yeah. mind with it, when you try yeah. to rationalize that you're so afraid of that blissful moment. Mm-hmm. But that space in this in between becoming, I like to call it, is actually where you create the space for exactly what is meant for you to come into your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with friends, with jobs, with boyfriends, with whatever it is on your path, when you truly allow yourself to let go of the things that are not serving you, mm-hmm. it is in order
0: to it to be filled up by exactly what is and what does serve you. Yeah. Is there anything in particular that really helped for you in your healing, like um, any specific healing modalities like meditation or Mm -hmm. acupuncture or anything like that? Um, So, one of the most
1: supportive healing practices um, that I I was taught and I've brought into my practice was journeying meditations, which I I touched on briefly. Um, And I went to Arizona to live with a shaman there. And we, yeah, she introduced me to journeying meditation which is basically a altered state that you bring yourself into um, and you go asking an intention. And basically you begin to access parts of yourself um, that begin to speak to you and begin to let you know and what's up and what's going on it calls upon different spiritual guides that you have as well to come down um, into that altered state and have a conversation with you. So a huge healing practice that has supported me is my re- really my connection to spirit. in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and my communication with spirit as well. So recognizing that I... Also, I'm not the only one that holds the answers, but I can ask for answers too. I can ask for guidance, um, which is where I brought in tarot a lot mm-hmm. to my practice, mm-hmm. um, which is really divine communication. You know, it's being able to ask a question and receive guidance from spirit and from your
0: guides and from yeah, people who are rooting for you on the other side of mm-hmm. the realms. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned the artist's way. Mm-hmm. Artist's way. Was there were there any other books that were really profound Huge. for you?
1: women who run with wolves mm. that i say it with caution because the book chooses you you don't choose the book so i believe with that book that it will arrive on your
0: fingertips at the perfect moment and i have so funny i almost bought it on amazon yesterday and i didn't i decided yeah. not to it's it, it it comes to you that
1: book and if you go out and force it you won't read it and you won't understand it. Um, it, ha- it came to me at 24, 23, 24 in that time. And it was effort- an effortless read. It fell out of a bookshop and it was effortless. I mean, I was speaking to someone about it the other day. I got through that book with ease. I now go to revisit it and I read a page and I'm like, what? Like, I can't even understand it. So it definitely calls you that book. And okay. when you're ready for it, yeah, it is. Yeah profound um another book i would recommend is um what else did i really i read a lot i read a lot of different books i i do feel that every book is given to you at the perfect time and every page you read is just again it's divine communication actually it's spirit coming through words to you um I always love, I love Big Magic. Mm. It's always just got such a place in my heart, that book, because it brought life back mm-hmm. to spirit in a way. Mm. It wasn't about the darkness anymore. It was about expression. Um, and it the point that it raises about
0: creativity and inspiration has just stayed with me. I haven't read that one yet. It's I have it. Beautiful. It's one that I have it upstairs. Mm. Eat, Pray, Love was a big one for me. Mm. I never read Eat, Pray, Love. Really? No. <gasps> oh my God, I, re- I read it so many times in college mm. and I just was like, it was another one of those mm. for me that was like just calling me. It's mm. just, it was, it resonated with me so intensely.
1: I think books have such amazing power because they, they repeat to you what you know which Mm -hmm. is why you resonate Mm -hmm. but it's hidden Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know so for me that's another huge healing tool anytime I feel disconnected I will pick up a book
0: Mm -hmm. a spiritual
1: book and I will read it because all it's doing is echoing what I already know Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's really powerful Mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle I think says that whenever you read something or listen to something or just resonate with something, like when you really you get that feeling where something really resonates, it's you it's you remembering. Exactly. That's all that is. Which is the wildest thing. Yeah, to think because about. then it's like any
1: time we forget is when we slip into fear. Mm-hmm. But we can just call ourselves back. Yeah. By remembering. Mm-hmm. And books for me are my way to remember. It's that resonance, it's like that energy connect, you know, two feelings
0: coming together and you're just like Yes. And this is why you've created the goddess space, is to mm. help women remember. Mm. To help women remember. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, this is such a big question. I ask everyone, and oh. I always, I'm always like, this is such a loaded question. <sighs> me. But what's been your greatest lesson through everything that you've been through? Through the ups and the
1: downs? My biggest lesson, I don't know, this just came through, is, is that the journey leads you back to you. And That's good. as long as you've got you and you've got your truth and you've got the essence of you, you've got the world, you've got everything. Mm-hmm. Everything you need lives inside of you. And really what this spiritual journey is, is brushing away everything that isn't you. So
0: that's what I've learned. Amazing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much oh for being God. for joining us. <gasps> Thank you for inviting me. I love this episode me. so much. And I love you so much. I love you. <laughs> Soul, Soul sister. Soul you. sister. And just a little side note. Anishka likes to kind of fidget with things. <laughs> and when I saw it, she pulled out a bracelet and I could... See you. I saw you pull it out, and I was like, "She's gonna try and fidget with I that know, dirt. It totally
1: was It's a shell bracelet, by the way. We could. Can... It's gonna sound. That's, like I that's knew it. that that's, that's it. it like. right? So, like,
0: so I said, "You have to put that away." And she said, "Do you have? Do you have any crystals?" So we're sitting here. We've both been sitting here, <gasps> yeah. kind of holding our crystals, rolling crystals around in our around in our hands, which has actually been really. I'm like, wow. I need to do this for the rest of the episodes. I think it's this is really busy. Nice.
1: I do it for every gathering. I go over and I pick a crystal. To hold, so that all my fidgety energy can be mm. channeled into that crystal, rather than which the crystal transmutes. But and I feel great. held, and I feel supported because yes. I got my crystal in my hand, and it means that I don't need to channel any of this energy that isn't even mine. It's yeah. just wow. little fears or yeah. anxious
0: thoughts. So yeah, that's good. Okay, well, there's another little tidbit, carry mm-hmm. a little crystal with you when you need to Lots get a little a energy out. Exactly, pop it in your brow. thank you so much for listening to this episode of joan i have put all information from this episode in the show notes so if you forgot to write down the name of a book or a doctor you can find it there i want to thank my editor clay carnell who has been so patient with me i want to thank Mike Lashome for providing the theme music that he so beautifully and thoughtfully created I want to thank Jen Perron for creating our amazing logo. And I want to thank all of you for listening. Thank you so much. Truly from the bottom of my heart.